Hallelujah. Peace and many blessings. Shall we bow for prayer? Our Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the privilege of coming before your presence. Lord, we thank you that when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, your dear son, cleanses That tonight you give us an understanding heart that will be able to receive your word and your word will have a free course in our lives. That none of us will leave this place the same way we came, but we would have gained understanding to live in readiness for your coming as long as we live. We thank you for what we are about to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Peace and blessings. Tonight, we are going to consider the topic, how can I be prepared for the coming of the Lord? How can I be prepared for the coming of the Lord? We know that the Lord Jesus will come again. God loves the world so much that he gave his one and only son to come and die for our sins that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life when we are saved we are on this earth doing the will of God but Jesus has promised his disciples about his return hallelujah and we have to be ready for his coming in John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3 he told his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Hallelujah. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, hallelujah, and receive you unto myself, and where I am, there you may be also. Amen. So he said, I will come again. Jesus said, I will come again. And indeed, he will come again. If he says that he will come again, he will come again. Before Jesus came to be born of a virgin. Everything that was said about him came to pass. He fulfilled it. It was, um, it was prophesied. His virgin birth, um, his even going to exile in Egypt, his ministry, uh, which when he came in the big, uh, at the beginning of his ministry, he went into the temple and he took the book of Isaiah and began to read from Isaiah 61. And he told them that today this is fulfilled in your ears. So everything written about Jesus, he came to 
fulfilled just as it had been written about him in the volume of the books. And he has said that he will come again. That one too shall come to pass. And we as his people must be prepared for his coming. And that is why we are considering this subject. How can I be prepared for the coming of the Lord? There are some people who think that, oh, um, since 19 Kojo, oh, 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 oh. When they said that the Lord is coming back, our forefathers, they have come and gone and come and gone and come and gone. And the Lord hasn't come back. So, they are scoffing at the fact that the Lord is coming back. But the Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promises. There is a reason for his long suffering. The reason why the Lord has not come back is that he is giving mankind a long group to repent because he doesn't want anybody to perish. So, even in these times, when the Lord is waiting for many to repent, it is time also to spread the good news so that many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. That is what will hasten the coming of the Lord. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He will come again. But nobody knows when the Lord will come. We don't know. Um, at one time, Jesus told his disciples that nobody knows. That is um, Mark chapter 13, verse 32. He says, but about that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Hallelujah. So if somebody comes to tell you that Jesus is coming on this date, they are lying. Nobody knows. He himself didn't know. He said it is only the Father who knows. Even the angels in heaven don't know. So how much is we mere mortals? So there was some time that some people said, oh, Jesus is coming in a certain year. And uh, they were doing all kinds of things. But Jesus, that time came to pass. And Jesus has not come. But that doesn't mean that Jesus will not come back. He will come back. He's faithful, just as it was said that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child, and so on and so forth. Oh, and indeed, he was born of a virgin. And he lived among us. The, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the same manner, as he has promised that he will come again, he will come. Even though we do not know the day or the time um, of his coming, but we have to live in preparedness. There was a time that Jesus, before his ascension, his disciples were having a conversation with him. And they were asking, oh, so um, is it at this time that you are going to restore the kingdom and so on? He said, no, 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 no. That it is not for you, Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Acts 1, 7. 
he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Let's move to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. So he was telling them that what they should actually prioritize is the work the Holy Spirit is coming to do with their lives and not to be concerning them, the things, themselves with things that God has placed within his own authority that they will go and then be taking dates and pairing numbers here and there and saying that, oh yes, eh, like this, like that. Oh, between this time and this time that happened. And so, and concern themselves with that. No. He said, it is not for you to disturb yourself with any of that, but you will receive power. Hallelujah. The most essential thing for you and I today is to receive the power of the Lord to do the will of God, the work of God, whilst we are awaiting for his coming. So how can we be prepared for the coming of the Lord? I believe that the best way to be prepared or be ready for the coming of the Lord is to look forward to his return. Hallelujah. We have to look forward to the return of the Lord. If we, we live in readiness for um, His return, it, it will align our lives. You know, we'll be focused on Him and our attitude and everything about us will be towards His coming. If somebody is serving God to go to heaven, it tells in their, their way of life, tells in their choices and how they live and everything. Because Abraham was somebody who was looking for a homeland. And because of that, upon all the blessings that God gave to him, he was living in tents in the land of promise with his son Isaac because he was looking for a homeland. He was looking for a building, which, a city which, whose builder and architect is God himself and that is heaven. Hallelujah. So when we live in expectation or um, we look forward to his Retain. It shows in everything that we do, even how we will spend our monies, how we would manage the wealth that God has given to us. Everything about us will be living with eternity in view. Hallelujah. Um, many years ago, we used to sing this song I have another world in view, in view. I have another world in view. We are living with another world in view. We are living in this world, but we have another world in view. And that actually shows in the way we live. In First John chapter 3 verse 3, he says that those who have this hope in him, 
they purify themselves just as he is pure. So I believe that the best way to live, to prepare for the coming of the Lord is to look forward to his return. It will align everything about our lives. And our Lord Jesus Christ taught us something also in Luke chapter 12. I will take it from verse 35 to 38 in the NLT, please. Um, He says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Hallelujah. So, this is the the tips that Jesus is giving to us. He says, be dressed for service. Hallelujah. Be dressed for service. Get ready to serve the Lord. And keep your lamps burning. So whilst we are serving the Lord, our lamps must be burning. Hallelujah. If you will remember the ten virgins, the wise ones, they put extra oil in their lamps so that their lamps will not stop burning. We have to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. As we serve the Lord, we, we cannot just go on and go on and on and on. Oh, we are serving the Lord. We are serving the Lord. And we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. We are just going through the motions. We are not in close and intimate relationship with the Lord. That is not a good one. And that's not what Jesus is teaching us here. He's teaching us that we must be dressed for service and keep, he says, keep your lamps burning. Are you on fire for the Lord? What is your um, state now? Your spiritual state now? Are you on fire for him? Are you still burning for the Lord? Are you working for the Lord? So we must submit ourselves to all that Jesus is teaching us and be doers. He says, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. This scripture always reminds me of something. When we were young, when our parents are leaving the house and they give us chores to do. 
Um, sometimes we play and forget ourselves. When you look at the time, sometimes you even forget yourselves. You will not even see the time. When you hear Papa, that's how everybody will be falling over themselves. And when there is a knock on the door, you can't readily go and open the door because you have to sweep some dirt under some chairs and tables so that you don't get scolded. But he says the master who is ready will go readily with boldness to open the door when um, the servant who is ready will, will go readily to open the door when the master arrives and knocks. And this servant who is ready for the master's return will be rewarded because he would have been doing exactly what was given to him to do. And he said that he may come in the middle of the night. He said, may. Okay. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. So that tells us that we don't know when he's coming. So we must always be ready. If the Lord doesn't come in, a t- in our time and we die in faith, we are going to him. Hallelujah. So two things that we are not sure of that I always say. We don't know when we are going to him. The date is not there. Uh, we don't know when he is also coming to take us. So all the time we must live in readiness. Hallelujah. And the, the epistles also gives us some instructions concerning our preparedness as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. He says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Our hope in the coming of the Lord, our hope of salvation, we should, we should hold fast without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Amen. The one who said, I will come again, he is faithful. He watches over his word to perform it. Because he is faithful, if he has said that I will come again, he will come again. So we are being told not to waver, not to be entertaining any doubts at all, irrespective of what people say and do and Whatever may come your way, do not waver. Hold on. Because the one who promised, he will come. He says that uh, yet a little one, uh, let a little while, and then the one who is coming shall come. And he does not have pleasure in those who turn back unto perdition. So, he says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, 
I have understood that so much the more in my own Bible, my own notes too. Yes, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. So we are to hold on the confession of our hope without wavering because the one who promises is faithful. We must also consider how we will tear up one another to love and good works. We know that we are, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. But there's also the aspect where we are encouraging one another and uh, holding each other's hand and encouraging each other to do good works. Tearing up our love for the Lord and our love for the saints. Our love for the things that the Lord loves. These are the things that we ought to consider. Sometimes there are many things that we try to consider. Oh, how can we get more people to come for the midweek services? How can we get more people to come to the prayer meetings? He says that we should consider how we will stir up love and good works. Hallelujah. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know, this scripture is as if we have heard it and now when we hear Christ like Yetimeda, oh, this one, we keep hearing it. You know, and so we are not even moved. But these are instructions coming to us. Because if we see that the day of the Lord is approaching, then it is time to help each other stay together and forge ahead together so that nobody will backslide. It says that, um, but exhorting one another and so much the more. So it means that we should even be meeting more. So it's not out of place when we are having more meetings. Eh? More meetings. We meet on Tuesday. We'll pray at dawn. In the good evening too. We'll meet. We'll pray. Um, we say Sunday school teachers meet, pray. Elders meet, pray. Pastors meet, pray. Eh? It's not too much because he says so much the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. So, it is not out of place at all. As long as we are meeting to edify one another, to strengthen one another in the Lord, so that we'll be ready for His coming. That is the way to go. Praise the Lord. So, we are looking at how can I be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14, um, he says, and do this, and do this. So, apart from what we have talked about already, he's adding on to say, and do this. Romans 13, 11 to 40 says, And do this, knowing the time. 
Do we know the time? And now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Hallelujah. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, meaning not in clubbing and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its last. That is the instruction coming to us from the word of God. That, and do this. We should, in addition, we should do this also. Knowing the time. We know the times in which we live. That many of the signs that Jesus gave about his coming, all the signs... They are showing all around us. If we want to begin to go into that, that is a full different session on its own. But the signs are all around us. Nations rising up against nations, wars, rumors of war, um, pestilence, all these things. They, They are going on around us. So we should know the time in which we live. And even if we have not discerned the time yet, cry, he says that now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So, if you first believed even last week, today, your salvation is nearer. Your going to heaven is nearer. Uh, the children, we have a song that we sing. The countdown is getting lower every day. So we are counting 10 and 9, 6 and 7, uh-huh. 5 and 6 and 4. The countdown is getting lower every day. Jesus will come again, even though we don't know when. The countdown is getting lower every day. Our salvation is drawing nearer than when we first believed. Uh, every year we will celebrate our birthday and we will say, who greet each other, long life, prosperity, and all the beautiful greetings. But actually, um, all of that is a sign that the countdown is getting lower every day. Even if you live to be um, 100 years, the countdown is getting lower every day. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And he says the night is far spent. The day is at hand. So we have to cast off the works of darkness. Like when we wake up in the morning, we cast off the, the night clothing and we get ourselves ready to start the day's activities. Um, nobody goes to their work 
in their night clothing. Nobody does that. So, and he says, we should put on the armor of light. So, this armor he's talking about, if you are not going to fight, what is the use of an armor? So, that tells us that we are in a warfare. There are many things that will come to hinder you from preparing for the coming of the Lord. Many things. Many distractions within and without. To take your mind off the most important thing. The coming of the Lord. So we must arm ourselves. Put on the armor of light. And walk properly. Hallelujah. Walk properly. It's not suggesting that we should do a cut walk. No. Um, it's our lifestyle. We must live in godliness. So he goes on to break it down for us to understand the walking that he is talking about. That we should not get involved in reveries like wild parties and drunkenness and strife and envy and you know all these things of the flesh that's not what we should get involved with at all it is not important I remember you know some time back there was this lady who was also worked up because there were too many issues so the Lord helped me to ask her so we don't know when Jesus is coming home, but supposing Jesus, we knew that Jesus is coming in the next couple of hours, what, what would you do? So, I think I'd punctured her balloon at that time. She just heaved a sigh and said, the most important thing would be to make sure that I am ready when he comes, I said, good. So all those issues didn't really matter in the face of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't really matter. I was like, well, what's the big deal? <laughs> hey, if you have watched Left Behind before, you will see. Uh, many years ago, we were watching that movie here, Left Behind. So the most important thing is to be ready when the Lord will come. It's not about whether you got a salary raise and whether somebody overtook you and you know took the seat from your your backside and all of those things. That that's not the real issue. When Jesus comes, that won't even matter anymore. You know. So we must live in that consciousness and be prepared that the Lord will come and meet us doing what he expects us to do. He should come and find us faithful when he says and do this. In fact, um, I was reading the scriptures, the preceding verses to this Romans um, 13, 11, um, in, from verse 8 to 10. I'll read that quickly. He says, Romans 13, 8 to 10. Oh, no one anything except love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Praise God. 
For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Amen. So love, love is the fulfillment. So if we want to get it right, we must pray that God direct my heart into the love of God. Give me a heart that will love. Because, you know, even we are talking about um, be ready to do the work, dress up for work. But even with that work, if we have no love, that one, the marks in heaven is nothing. Because he was, um, the Apostle Paul was teaching in First um, Corinthians chapter 12 about the gifts of God. And then towards the end there he said, okay, covet the best gifts, the excellent gifts. And I will show you an excellent way. Then, so that excellent way is chapter 13. And he's saying, I can be speaking in the tongues of angels and of men if I have no love. I'm just making noise in heaven. I can even go to the extent of giving my goods to the poor and offering my body to be burnt if I have no love. It's equal to Zerubbabel. Nothing. It doesn't score any marks in heaven. So love is the focus. Love is the focus. For you and I, I believe that the Lord is challenging our hearts to love, to love him more. If we love the Lord, we'll be able to love one another. And the way we love one another is a reflection of how well we love God. That is what would actually, uh, that is the barometer. That is showing whether really uh, we love God, the way we love others. Because on that day, Jesus said, he will tell some people that, oh, you did this for me, and you did that for me. And the people will be surprised. And be saying, ah, me, why did I even meet you to do anything of that nature for you? He said, mm, because you did it for these people. You did it for me. So the way we love others shows how we love the Lord. Now, the other thing to do in preparation for the coming of the Lord is to take heed to ourselves. To take heed to ourselves. In, in Matthew 24, when the disciples were asking Jesus that, so what are the signs of your coming? He told them that, take heed that no one deceives you. So we have to take heed that we are not deceived. We have to take heed to ourselves, that we will hold on to Jesus and the message of the cross and to following after him. 
without turning back. We shouldn't give heed to another gospel. We should be careful because he says that many people will come in his name. They will mention the name of Jesus all right. And they will deceive many. In fact, they will try, uh, if it's possible, they will even deceive the elect to fall. Any any, uh, doctrine that is not drawing you closer to the love of Jesus and the love for the brethren and the fellowship of the brethren and is carrying you far away from God and is making you feel that, oh yeah, these people, they are wasting time. I have something better and superior. No. Check it. Check it. He says, many will come in my name. They will deceive many. Even though they are mentioning the name of the Lord. But are they encouraging you to love the Lord more? Somebody will go and hear one revelation or one dream or something. Oh, your grandmother or your mother, this thing. They'll go home with a cutlass. Is that the love of Jesus? This person has not been edified. They have been deceived. So, we should take heed that we are not deceived. And then, he also told his disciples, he's telling us, in Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 36. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, that the day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of God, the Son of Man. Amen. So, we have to take heed to ourselves. These things will by all means happen. But we shouldn't be living in the flesh and indulging ourselves in the flesh. But rather, he says that we should be watchful and prayerful. He says, watch therefore and pray always. Pray always, not occasionally. In the prayer topic that is given to us here is that you may be counted worthy to escape. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, we cannot be too sure of ourselves all the time. It says that let the one who thinks that he is standing take heed lest he falls. So, praying always, it keeps us closer to Jesus. It releases grace for, for our help so that we are able to overcome the temptations and all the things that try to suck us away even from doing the will of God. So we must be watchful, we must be prayerful. How is your prayer life?
Are you praying always? Do you pray every day? Like every morning, every evening? Is prayer your habit? He says, Watch therefore, be on the alert and pray. So when we, we hear the news and all the things happening, hmm, then it is a sign to tell you that be on the alert. Pray that you will not miss heaven. Pray that you will escape from hell so that when the Lord comes, you will be able to stand before him unashamed. Hallelujah. So we ought to take heed to ourselves. We must also be determined to be among the faithful servants. The wise and the faithful servants. Luke 12. Okay, let me take Matthew's question. Matthew 24. 45 to 51. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler of all his goods. But if that old servant says in his heart, My master is de- delaying in his coming, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come in a day when he is not looking for him. And at, and at an hour that he is not aware of. And will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Lord help us to be found faithful. So here yeah, he is talking about servants serving the Lord we all are in the vineyard of the Lord we are his servants and the work given to us is to do what to give food to the household in due season and if the master comes, since we don't even know when he's coming, he comes to meet us doing exactly that, then, ah, that is a big plus and a promotion. But this unfaithful servant, he's an evil servant. He said in his heart, my master is delaying in coming. Hmm. And he beats his fellow servants. He's the senior prefect <laughs> he's beating the fellow servants and he's eating all the food he's using his seniority to say that look I deserve the best he begins to eat and uh, enjoy with the drunkards and when 
the master comes. Because, of course, somebody who is living like this is not even expecting, he's thinking to himself that, oh, the master is not coming today. It will take a very long time to, for him to come. I have a long time. We have time. We have time. So, he will do all that he wants to do. Then at the last moment, he will try and do some polish up and, you know, do some lacquer here and there for things to look good in the eyes of the master. But this master we are dealing with, nothing can be hidden from him. He can see everything. He can see everything. So, we shouldn't be like this, um, this evil servant. No. We should be counted among the faithful. We should be counted among the faithful. What has the Lord entrusted in your hands to do? This one was giving work to share food to the household. Okay. What is your own? Is it to sweep the household? What is your own? Everybody has their own work to do in service of the Lord. And whilst we are doing the service of the Lord, we should also remember to take extra oil. To take extra oil. And that brings us to the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. We know that parable already. It says the kingdom of heaven is likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamp and took no oil with them. Hmm. So it, it brings us back to the point where we, we are prepared and dressed ready for work. But then we are keeping our lamps also burning. And how do we get our lamps continually burning? It is to go for a daily filling of the Holy Spirit. How is your personal devotion? How is your personal devotion? Where you're doing your quiet time, talking to God, hearing God's instructions, and ordering your life according to the instructions of the Lord. Are you submitted to the Lord? See your Lord. Because he said that there's not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom. Many people, they will come and they will say, oh, we even cast out demons in your name. We did many wonderful things in your name. And I will tell them, I don't know you. Where are you coming from? Depart from me. So we must make sure that we know the Lord and he also knows us. He said some people will come to you and say, Oh, we were there when you were even sharing the food. 
I guess that was when he was feeding the multitude. These same people, we remember that when he started telling them that, well, as for the food you have eaten, because of that you want to make me a chief, but you see, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they said, what? We are no vampires. What does he mean? And all of them, with the exception of his disciples, they left him and they didn't walk with him again. So it is on that day that they will come and say, Oh, we're even eating in the streets when you were feeding us. And you will say, Well, but I don't know you because you don't have a personal relationship with me. So, in fact, the starting point is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, then it's like the, the wheat and the tares. The wheat is there, is growing, it will bear fruit. The tares too, they resemble the wheat. The leaves, the blades, they look very similar. It was when I went to the north that I realized that, oh, that's how similar they look. That's why um, they were told that, please don't pull out the, the tares. Otherwise, you will pull out the, the wheat in the process. But when the harvest comes, there's going to be a separation. So make sure you are a wheat. Make sure you have a personal relationship with the Lord. Make sure that you have surrendered your life to the Lord. If your life is surrendered to the Lord, all these things that we have been looking at is possible for you to do. It's possible for me to do. But if there's no Jesus in you and you are not sealed by his Holy Spirit, we can be saying that, uh, yes, um, we shouldn't live in drunkenness and reveries and the cares of this life and all of that. Um, you have heard. But the power not to do that, you don't have. But when we commit our lives to the Lord, He gives us that power to live a life that is worthy of Him. So, to underscore it again, Jesus will come again. We don't know when He is coming. People are scoffing and saying that, oh, it's a long time now. This Jesus is coming. Jesus this is not something that we are just saying to scare people in the church and all that. Jesus is coming again. Just as it was prophesied that he will be born of a virgin. He will go into exile in Egypt and come out of Egypt. This is his ministry. That the Lord will anoint him to go about doing good. And healing all those who are oppressed. It was all spelled out in the Bible. How he was going to hang on the cross. The type of drink they would give to him to drink that he could not drink. Uh, how they sold him for 30 shillings, 30 pieces of uh, silver. And all of that is written down. In the same manner, he said, I will come again. And he will come again. Job 
is the one who said, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand on the earth at the last day. And me, my flesh will not see corruption. I will see him. So, no matter what comes our way, we must look at the coming of the Lord. We must look forward to the coming of the Lord. Whether it is in abundance or it is in little that we are living, we should look forward to the coming of the Lord. Father Abraham, he had it in abundance. He still looked forward to that homeland. Job had abundance and he was reduced to nothing. But even in that state, he still held on to his faith and said, my Redeemer is alive. On that day, I will see his face. It is not, my body will not continue to deteriorate like this because I will see my Redeemer. Let us be faithful to the end. Because he says that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will go cold. And indeed, the love of many is going cold. Not a few, but many. But he says those who are steadfast to the end will be saved. Let us pray that God will give us grace to be steadfast to the end. Let us pray that we will be counted worthy. As we have heard the word of God, let us talk to the Lord. The Father, help me to be faithful to the end. If you know that you have gone far from God, and you are not walking with the Lord, you are not walking properly, this is the time to return to the Lord. He says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the garments of darkness, the night clothing. Let's put it aside and put on the armor of light. Talk to God at this time. Ask Him for grace that on a daily basis your love for Him will increase. The key and the most principal thing is love for the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit who helps us, who shares this love abroad in our hearts. Are we in touch with Him on a daily basis? Would you make a commitment for a daily walk with the Lord? To live a surrendered life that he dictates the peace. We are servants or stewards. Whatever is in our hands, we are only managers. We are going to render accounts. What account are you going to render when the Lord will come? Will you be found faithful? Pray to God to grant you grace to escape from unfaithfulness and to be able to stand before him. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. 
Give me oil in my lamp. I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Give me oil. Give me oil in my lamp to keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Lord, pour your oil into us, O Lord. We yield ourselves to you and we say, clean out anything that is not of you and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We yield ourselves to you and we say, Father, have your way in us and grant us grace Count us ready to escape from hell and to make it, whether you come in the midnight or the early hours of the dawn, may you come and find us faithful by your grace. We thank you that this word will accomplish your will in us because you have not sent it for sending sick. So let your word prosper in your purposes in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace and many blessings.